Welcome to the Recovering Academic Podcast. I'm Amanda, and I left academia about one year ago to become a scientific editor for grants and manuscripts and an editorial manager for a science website. I'm Ian, and I've recently left academia to move into a science communication, editing, and publishing career. And I'm Dr. PMS. I've left academia about two years ago to work as a biotech salesperson, and I'm still in recovery. We're in various phases of transitioning out of academia, and we'll share insights, advice, and problems we encounter at each stage. Hello, everybody, and welcome uh, to The Recovering Academic, our final episode of Season 2. Series 2, as the people in the UK would say. I'm here <laughs> with Clady and Amanda, as always. Hello. Hi. Um, and for the first segment, hello. Um, for this first segment of this um, final episode of this season, um, we're going to address a couple of questions that we got from listeners, um, mostly curated from Twitter, in fact, entirely curated from Twitter. <laughs> uh, so let's do, um, let's, let's dive into those. So Twitter handle at cute underscore scientist um, asks, um, how did you make the transition with a family? Since having my first child, I'm more scared about transitioning to industry. Industry does not have the needed flexibility for children, or the flexibility needed for children. Um, and I'm not a parent, so I can't address the child aspect of it. But yeah, um, being in the private sector seems less flexible than academia for figuring out going to your doctor's appointments and adjusting your schedule as you need to like, I don't know, do life things. Like, I don't know what people need to do in their lives. Like go to the bank or go to the post office or, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, whatever it is. Like, I mean, I've noticed living in a major city that like a lot of service-based things have Saturday hours mm -hmm. and like oh, yeah. evening hours, like yeah. including some doctors and, my pediatrician um, has evening hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I guess that the thing is, most of the people, I'm not a parent as well, so I guess that the only one that can actually speak for experience is Amanda here. <laughs> but I, my, my thing is, most of the people have work that is from 9 to 5. And and they they are parents as well. So you you it might need some um, time to adjust, and you cannot just like, oh okay, I'm going to take off work today at three to take my kid to uh, soccer. I don't know, um, but it's doable, right? Yeah, I mean so. I'm self-employed, so it makes things a little bit different because obviously I don't have somebody who is like, no, you cannot take time off or is counting my vacation time. But at mm -hmm. the same time, if I don't work, I don't get paid, which, you know, not so great. Um, but from talking to my friends who are in industry or corporate jobs, it seems like you learn how to budget your vacation time um, one of the things that you do get is you do get a lot more vacation time generally. Like, well, if you're a postdoc, 
you generally get more vacation time in industry than you did as a postdoc. Do um, postdocs have vacation time at all? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I know I did. Like, our official and actually, policy. I right. Well, well, I would take two weeks off mm-hmm. because I will go to. I had to go to abroad to visit my family, but. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not that I couldn't, but the thing is, like, it's not official, so, and then it's kind of like, you always have to be working. Yeah. Right, and, right, I mean, you, yeah, so, right, so, like, I mean, I, I mean, at Dartmouth, um, like, postdocs were treated a lot more closely to employees, and oh, okay. basically we were on that policy, and that meant three weeks of vacation a year. Mm, nice. um, yeah, Dartmouth is pretty generous um, in a lot of ways. Uh, rich, rich places do that, I guess. Um, so yeah, so like, I mean, so like, in that sense, we were treated like employees um, in terms of that policy, and so that was good. Um, and like, I, I actually get less vacation now that I work for a private small company. So, hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't always go. Like, you know, you suddenly have a lot more vacation time if you leave academia um, anymore. And it's also, um, what was I going to say? It's, um, yeah, yeah, it, you don't necessarily get more vacation being in the private sector. And, like, I also feel like some of this is just cultural. Like, um, you know, I, I mean, I guess, like, I, I turn off my job when I go home now for the most part. Like, I don't have to. Like, there's not, like, the background churn of thinking about ideas, right, that you know, you have in academia going all the time. Um, not that my brain just suddenly shuts off and I stop thinking about work right. the minute it's I leave, but it's a little yeah, different. It's, it's and, different, yeah. Right, and it's just, like, you know, it's not like, oh, I, I'm not as likely to have the eureka moment about my current work sitting in the shower, whereas, like, you know, if you're a scientist in a creative field, like, you're just like, oh, it's just going to strike me when I'm, like, whenever. And, like, I have to, like, sort of be ready to, like, write that idea down. Or, like, like oh, that's the solution to my problem. I was, like, watching a frog jump into a lake and, like, it hit me. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess like, that's, that's, the, that's my problem. That's the solution right there. I got it. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I don't think that I, I, I also have a lot of moments outside when I turn off my computer, even though like I work from home, mm-hmm. but um, I do have an office and for tax purposes, it is a dedicated place mm-hmm. to work. So mm-hmm. with a dedicated desk, a dedicated monitor with a computer. So um, I, I leave that office and even though I walk 10 feet away, from my office it's kind of like okay now i'm not working anymore so that's that's good but um it's it reminds me a little like amanda was saying that yeah i don't work and i don't get paid so me and amanda we're kind of like in the freelance let's say because Mm. although I, i i sell for a company i'm not a direct employee so i i do my hours as well but it's kind of like um I also have a lot of flexibility with my time. So if it's a slow day, I can just pick up, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. and go for a run at mm-hmm. 2 p.m. And, and then come back and continue working. But uh, on the other hand, if there is something that's 
there's a bake sale coming and then you need to do a bunch of paperwork and you need to do a lot of things. I had like this past month, I had several days that I was working until like 8, 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Because things, I mean, it was not that, um, it was just, against me you know because the longest that i would take to do that the longest that I, that the the business will be and the the long and sometimes there are other things that like deadlines because of course we do have deadlines mm -hmm. as well so then you just got to do what you got to do right yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean the thing is is that with a family like as you know saying like it's kind of it's cultural depending on the company so like you may or may not get more um vacation time but some companies are a little bit more flexible with their salaried exempt employees than others like if you come right. in an hour early then you can leave and yeah come in and then you can leave an hour early um i know a lot of people who have families who work um uh, maybe not in like scientific industries but like work in various industries one of the nice things is that also generally, if you go from post-docking to industry, you generally make a little bit more money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which does make things a little bit easier because then you can outsource some things. Like I recently outsourced grocery shopping and delivery, which hmm. bringing along wow. a six-year-old and a three-year-old to grocery shopping makes everything take so much longer. <laughs> Yeah. And it's totally worth, like, I think I pay, basically it works out to be something like 10 bucks a delivery is what it generally works mm -hmm. out to be. And that's it. And it's totally wow. worth, like, maybe it's 15 I can't remember. But it's, like, 10 or $15 delivery it. and totally worth it. Like, mm -hmm. you look at my hourly rate versus, like, that I charge for this versus mm. what I pay for, to have it delivered, it's very small. So I was like, yay. So, like, but yeah. we can afford that now because, like, I'm not making a postdoc salary. Um, right. Yeah, I feel, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I've thought about booking into something like that because, like, I really hate taking, like, the hour and a half makes me to go to the grocery yeah. store and back here, like, every weekend. It's, mm -hmm. like, I, I don't have kids either. And it's just, like, it's just a long commute. And, like, that's, right. uh, that's the only thing I can do, really. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, yeah, so, like, I've thought about that, like, Totally worth adopting it. a grocery delivery service changed but my I, life yeah because i'm also trying to think about like this like with what my parents did and like mm -hmm. you know because like so it depends on how old your kids are too yes. i imagine yeah yeah i have younger kids like so so like with a newborn and like it's like well yeah you know like your employer will just have to like understand and like you know um you'll have to make it work and figure it out but like you know like an older-ish kid and it's like yeah they get home at three o'clock from school and you know, like they sit at home and do their homework or or if they're bad kids, they go up and watch television. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, like I did plenty of both as a kid. So mm -hmm. like I just, you know, it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, my parents weren't around. They were still at work for a couple of hours before, like, yeah, after school. Like I had some like after school things that I did, but like there were also days I just had nothing. I just had to go home at three or whatever. And like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so. You know, like it's, yeah. So I mean, I do like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess I would say like one, like you can sort of like pick up on culture when you're interviewing at different companies and see what it's like. And maybe another thing is just because um, like, I was sort of astonished. Like a friend of mine 
you know, with his, like, he's a really cool boss. He's like, yeah, you know, like, I've got a cabin over on that side of the mountains, too. And, like, yeah, you can stash your snowmobile here for a couple of days. And, like, <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's like, yeah, you know, as long as you're getting your work done, like, I don't care, like, you know, how often you're necessarily at the office and, like, how many time, days a week you're telecommuting. And um, so, like, I do think it's about picking out a good culture and a good dynamic for you that works you know, in terms of career. Like it's about designing your life mm-hmm. for how you need it to be to function. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we've encouraged people to do that in the past. Okay. Yeah. Um, next question. Um, all right. Sorry, I'm putting up my screen. Okay. So Dr. Langworthy, like previous podcast guest, Sarah Langworthy, asks us the question, like, what's the best piece of advice you received that's helped you the most in your career transitions? That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> I think that um, I think that one of the the when I was uh, transitioning, people told me to do uh, informative interviews. Mm-hmm. Because I I wasn't really sure what I I knew that well I had to leave I had to get a job so I needed to find out something and I was tired of academia but I was not sure of which path I was going to take because it so many things like and you Google and then there are like tons and tons mm-hmm. of things so I guess that the the, the thing that uh, people told me is like um, ask for informational interviews because I was kind of oh I'm going to ask people to talk to me and why would they do that and and that was and people were like no do ask them because people really do like mm-hmm. uh, to talk about themselves and especially if they work in something that they like they will be happy to do that and I did a lot I did like I don't know more than 10 for sure um, and sometimes a lot of times I will I, I will talk to one person and then that one person will like oh uh, I will take um, I will get someone else I will get put you in touch with someone else so that mm-hmm. happened a mm-hmm. couple of times so I think that uh, that's something that helped me a lot because I was always I'm not a shy person, but I I value the others other person's time, and I thought that it was too much to ask for that. And and actually, I I didn't have anyone that said no. To be honest, everybody right. that I contacted, um, we talked sometimes for ten, fifteen minutes, sometimes for an hour or even longer. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I would also say like it's you know like it's not necessarily the most famous people who like are prominent in your field or in the field you want to enter that are going to help you (laughs) like it's you know the people you like that are anonymous really like until you meet them and like you know that you need to find who those people are who are just like you know maybe a year or two ahead of where you are like Mm -hmm. those are the people you really need to talk to yes Um, yes not the you know i mean i'm not gonna like begrudge the person who like gets to meet, you know, famous person in their field and gets a job from it because blah, 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 you know, they went up and talked to them or whatever. But 
like definitely not the most common story for how people find jobs beyond academia, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not just talking about finding jobs. My no, main, yeah. Just I was talking with just to, yeah. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just to fi- and just to figure out what you want to do. Yes, right. exactly. That was that was me. Like, for instance, like I talked to some people and I was like, mm, no, I wouldn't like to do that for sure. And then uh, mm-hmm. others like, oh, yeah, that, that would be nice, you know. Mm-hmm. And I did. Um, I never thought about being a salesperson and I was not applying for sales uh, jobs. Mm-hmm. But then I had a friend that he was a VWR rep. Um, and then he was the one who told me, like, I think that you'll be good at sales. I'll put you in touch with some uh, specialized sales and mm-hmm. then sales people. Mm-hmm. And then and that's and then I did like two information interviews like that. And I was like, ah, oh, that is quite interesting. I like it. Mm-hmm. And here I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was trying to think of like what was the best piece of advice that I received. And I think it was something it was. um to and it was to apply to jobs that you might not be fully qualified for and what i mean by this is not like something that where you meet no qualifications but a lot of times they'll list like required qualifications and they'll have like 10 things and Mm -hmm. if i met like say seven or eight out of the 10 but not all 10 i wouldn't i wouldn't apply for it because i was just like oh well they're not going to pick me because i don't have like all 10 um Right. Yeah, yes. that is the ABC. Remember, we we talk about yeah. this in one episode of the podcast. Yes, yes, with your <laughs> that Ian was like, "Oh, uh, you gotta have the Z, X, Y, Z." Oh yes, and that I mean, and that's how I got into yeah. editing and with um my current mm-hmm. work with Bite Size is that I ended like I didn't meet a hundred percent of their qualifications. I think I met like eight out of ten, like basically it was like 80 percent and i was just like oh but i like the website that's pretty good yeah mm-hmm. i was like but i like the website so i will go ahead and i will apply and then you know here i am you got right. it and i got into right. it right right so, yeah I mean, no that's and, true like, i mean certainly like yeah exactly like certainly like i mean i'm not was not like you know other than being a scientist like i'm not necessarily like qualified lab manager like you know true yeah i mean I've done it for the last eight months and it seems to be going okay. So it's, you know. My job, Ed, also, uh, of course, uh, asked for previous sales experience and I had zero. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, I really didn't fit that criteria. Mm-hmm. But I fit the others. So I guess that yeah. uh, it's something that sometimes they... Um, they compromise. I feel. I feel like that. It's probably tough, hard, mm-hmm. uh, for someone to fit every single bullet point of yeah. a job ad. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. And like you sort of have to like. I don't know. There's like a. You know. It's not like a. It's not like fitting like a glass together like you know tight like tessellating things perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's more like. I don't know. Pouring two like different liquids into like a container and you sort of like they fill the shape and mix together and yeah you know to form like a some sort of whole like yeah i i don't know what the perfect metaphor is but yeah i think that's exactly right like one of the things <laughs> like and another lesson i think like 
that you know we've I think we've talked about before, but you know like yeah, nobody's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And like even like the job you get, like you're not going to be perfect at it. The people who are working there aren't perfect at their job either. And, like you know it's um you know like work is just you know sort of a messy process, and like I mean you just have to look at like the er example of this is just like any creative field, right? Just but like, yeah, sometimes stuff works. Sometimes it doesn't like you work equally hard at both. And it's just, you know, the results. We're humans. Be, yeah. Right. We're humans exactly. and life is complicated. So right. I guess I mean, that... <laughs> I've been um, so like, you know, you have to sort of like marvel at, you know, runs of brilliance when they do happen. But like, even there, it's just like, well, yeah, but like they have their bad days too. Like I've been, yeah, like my, my latest, little like upset podcast to be obsessed with is, is this podcast called everything's coming up Simpsons. That's uh, <laughs> and they just like revisit old episodes of the Simpsons and talk about them. And I was like, it's like, man, what like, I, I mean, what a profoundly amazing job. Like, I mean, I just, this is like just stuff I happen to like. Right. So like, it's just hit. Me, <laughs> like, man. Again, it's just really good. Like in how sophisticated they were and like things that got to hit and like, but like at the same time, like at that same era, like they were cranking out also just horrible episodes too where it's like yeah you know didn't work we couldn't figure out that story very well like and it's just yeah so you have to be be aware of that too just you know it's like the people on the other side of the desk interviewing you you know it's not they're not perfect either like and like you know they have their they might talk about how like here's what we do and here's how it all links together perfectly and like but in practice it just doesn't like you know as much as like that might be the goal and that's great to have but just know that it's you know also going to be like 80 percent there most of the time probably too like and they're you know you're always trying to improve but you know like work is messy <laughs> it's just like academia in that sense so what about you ian yes, well i think i already spoke one. to mine <laughs> yeah no i think i i think i i spoke to like that that was it no, your uh, your piece of advice, the one that helped you more. Yeah, yeah. The, we covered it. I, I mean, like we just talked about. Like, I didn't I just essentially say it with the. Uh, I, I I am very fond of the advice of just working to design your life. Like, bring more of the elements you want into your life okay. and get rid of the ones that don't work for you anymore. So, like, I'm still like a work in progress in that sense, where it's like, yeah, some things are better, some things I'm still not thrilled with, and it's. You know, it's, um, right, like, I guess, like, taking a step back, like, the genesis of this is, like, if you don't know what you want to do, you don't have, like, a map problem, you have, like, a a direction problem, and you need to figure out a direction to go from where you are <laughs> first. And then okay. you can start, like, moving in that direction that you decide to go in once you've, you know, once you've eliminated a couple of possibilities or like found a couple of possibilities of like, Oh yeah, one of these three things could work for me. And I wonder which, like I'll start pursuing all three of them in some form and see which one like seems to tug at me more. And that's where I'll go. Um, so it's not like a, you know, it's not like a, you know, like I'm an academic and I have to get to industry now. Like, you know, like a B it's a, you know, I met, I'm at point A, here's where I am, here are my skills, here's where I am in my life, here's where I live, here's where I'd like to live. Um, like you do a bunch of calculus and figure out, like, okay, there's a couple of directions I could go, which one seems to be pulling me the most, and you figure out your navigation that way, 
like first rather than just being like, oh yeah, there's a map I'm following that's you know, it's clear point A, point B, like you know, yeah, because the, that out. thing is that map is is an illusion. There is no yeah. map. There is no yeah. treasure map. There is no like point A to point B. There's no straight line. You are you're living your life as you go and you're making your life as you go. So yeah, you can, the, the, I think that the, it's good that you have like different branches and you have like different prototypes of your life. And then you just go uh, and try to adjust and eventually one will become, uh, Mm -hmm. those will become one uh, at some point. And then maybe they will branch again and, who knows? Well, right. You know, your life will change probably. Like, right. that's yes. one of the constants. So Right. And, like, I mean, where I initially heard this idea was, like, I got this from an episode of Hidden Brain. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a yeah, really... Yeah, I'm thinking about that and, as well. <laughs> um, and then, like, I will also say this. Like, if you watch the movie Moana, the Disney movie, like, yes. those themes are also heavy in that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there's two ways to get that message if you really want to, like, if I'm not... If, if it's not resonating with you with me saying it, you go, go listen to the Hidden Brain episode about it or um, go watch Moana. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a blog post about that episode. I can put it yeah. in the show notes. And then okay. in that blog post, I have a link for the episode. It was Perfect. like a couple of months ago or yep. a year ago. I don't remember. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a while ago. Like I remember We mentioned it in the podcast before, too. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's a really so, good one. It's one of my favorites from, from yeah. theirs. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so segment two, um, I thought um, we thought a good idea would be to just give a status of where the three of us are as recovering academics. Um, like, I don't think we need to go into too, too much detail, just saying, like, you know, like how we're feeling about our transitions now that I, we're all out of academia now and... Like, I'm going on, I guess, what, eight months, something like that. Actually, like, well, I mean, this, like, three days from now is my one year out of postdoc. So. <gasps> Happy anniversary! <laughs> yeah! yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I've been working in my current job for, like, seven or eight months or something. So, yeah, so. Yeah, I've been, I've been out of academia, I think... For three years now, because mm-hmm. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I left in the end of February of 2015. So yeah, mm-hmm. three years. I also had my anniversary. Um, oh, yay. And yeah, we're all anniversaries mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, I feel much, um, I feel better now in a way that in the beginning, um, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I was saying, I don't, I didn't have a sales experience. And although I, I had experience talking to professors, uh, it was not on on that thing of me trying to sell them something or trying to um, do stuff. And and it took me a while to um, know what I was mm-hmm. doing. And to feel comfortable with what I was doing. And one of the things that helped a lot in my particular case, it's that um, I try to not think at myself as someone that is selling you something, 
but I'm trying to uh, solve one problem that you mm -hmm. have. So you have a problem that you're trying to, you need to do that, those measurements, you need to analyze, you need to analyze your water to see if there are pesticides or whatever. And you don't, you don't know how to do it. Some, some people don't know. And then I have to like look, Google and explain to them how can they do it. Or sometimes they know it and they just need, okay, they have an equipment and it's not working. They need an upgrade or whatever. Uh, X, Y, and Z. But it's not like I am not just uh, selling you something. I'm providing you help to solve your problems. And that's kind of like uh, in a good way for me, it removes my pressure of like I'm selling you. And and it's more like um, a talk, you know, a mm -hmm. conversation. And, 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 yeah. and it helps also that although I don't uh, have a PhD in chemistry. Uh, I do have a PhD, so I I, I Google, I read articles, mm -hmm. and then I send them links to articles and say like, hey, this article does this, like this, 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 and mm -hmm. and and that I feel more comfortable now doing my job. I gain more experience doing my job, so I'm feeling more confident, and and that feeling of uh, failure and of oh you should be in academia or you left academia I think that it it's maybe I don't I cannot say that it's totally gone because um, I feel that something is always there but especially with the podcast I feel that the podcast also helped me a lot mm -hmm. uh, I, th I feel like we are doing this to help people but on the other hand, seeing the response of the podcast and seeing uh, how many people are there that feel the same way that we do, um, mm. it made me feel good. Like, hey, we've done it and we're surviving and I'm happy. So yeah, we're at, what's our metric? We're just over 30,000 downloads. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think we're at maybe at 33. So, 33. All right. There yes. you go. So, so yeah. thank you, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's um, awesome. Please rate and review us in the Apple iTunes <laughs> store, as we say at the end of every yeah, show. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Amanda, do you have... So, I'm... A, I was doing the math in my fingers. I'm a year and nine months out from... Um, from when I left academia. And I am... And I am happier now. Like, that is one of the things that I was talking about with um, my husband over the weekend, was that I am happier, like... That he was just like you seem so much happier now than you did before and i am um i never quite thought that i'd end up doing this like you know working like editing kind of figuring out how much to charge people that sort of like entrepreneurship ish sort of things um i never quite thought i'd end yeah. up doing that but i like it mm -hmm. so I mean, so, and it seems like it's working out so far. So I'm very, very happy with how that's going. Um, You're happy with your new boss? <laughs> well, she can be very demanding sometimes. <laughs> it's a problem. Very demanding, very nitpicky. I know, right? Yes. <laughs> that's one of the problems to working for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Um, Right now, I'm feeling as of as of recording this, I'm feeling very large. So that's the other thing too, because I yeah. 
will be hopefully giving birth sometime in the next two weeks or so. So, like, that is the other things that I'm... It's been very nice in having... Um, being self-employed while being um, in the family way, if you will, mm-hmm. because that has afforded um, a lot more flexibility than academia did. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. easier to avoid bad smells. <laughs> now that I'm yeah. in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Hey, yeah. So, like, that's funny. Because, like, I mean, in, in our offices, we're technically in a building with some laboratories. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we get interesting smells every so often. Uh, um, yeah, that's not good when you're pregnant. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, I guess I can. I can answer this question too, where like I'm still feeling a little messy. So like it's not. I don't know. Like I think I like Chicago better than New Hampshire for the most part. I'm still figuring things out about life here. Like you know, like I've been. I guess technically speaking like i've been out to more things in chicago than i probably ever was ever did in new hampshire like you know like i'm thinking of going to another one another live podcast show um in a weekend or two um because like you know like again like big city things come through here Mm -hmm. um, you have way more opportunities there although like something i've noticed is i I feel like you know like there's a reason chicago is called the second city because like we get like the great performances on weird nights, like major shows on Wednesdays and like, and then like the weekend shows are always like, yeah, it's the Broadway, it's the Broadway show for the second cast. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that all the time. I feel like in Chicago, um, but well, I but can't they complain go there, too much right? Yeah, but they go there. absolutely go there. They don't come here where I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely do. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I'm still getting used to life in a big city because, like, you know, it's like, I don't know, like, I took Uber out to the Botanical Gardens this last weekend, and which was nice. Like, it was a good, you know, trip, but, like, it was weird to, like, just get in a car, like, somebody else's car, and drive me 20 minutes, like, out of the city. Because, um, like, I don't have a car here, which I think is probably for the best, but again, like, it's <laughs> yeah, just, I like, I don't know. Like, I think, I mean, and so, like, you know, living here is fine. Like, I'm not... You know, like, I probably interact with as many people daily as I did in New Hampshire, like, honestly, for the most part, because I'm not incredibly social as a person. Um, but, like, I like my neighborhood. Like, I discovered my polling place is literally on my walk to work. Oh, nice. So, or, I mean, yeah, it's, like, it's between me and the L-stop, which I'm quite near. So, um, that makes a lot of sense. But, like, you know, it's, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, just mental things that I just am not quite settled on, and, like, I haven't figured out, like good time organization for like the projects I want to do and plus work plus mm-hmm. um like wanting to travel places sometimes and um make more time for like you know socializing outside of work also so like I don't know like it still feels very messy and chaotic and like I still have no idea what you know like might be next or ahead or you know like where anything's gonna take me and like it feels like i'm late in life to be asking those questions where i'd like to have at least something settled and i don't still no you're not so you have you have more than half of your life ahead of you come on yes yeah well maybe slightly less than half if you believe the averages but yeah (laughs) Um. i'm trying to be optimistic here ian come on help me out yeah, <laughs> you're going to live a hundred years. That's my. That's what I thought. That's what very I very much doubt it. 
I mean, you're talking to the person who thought that I was going to have a heart attack by 30 and just be like, oh, that would be kind of nice. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't, right? You didn't. You're 40 No, now. I did not. Like, for the record, I did not. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, as a teenager, I remember having that thought. It's like, man, <laughs> I just feel like that would be, like... And yeah. the older that you get, you can have a heart attack and still don't 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 die. So yes, that's you can have a heart attack and you're not going to die. I know lots of people yeah. who have had heart attacks and not died. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know modern medicine. Yeah. Um, so coming back to your thing, you so yeah, you know, to, it's not like you have a lot yeah. of your life to live. You know, right. and even you know, uh, you don't want to leave your life being miserable. Like no, if you exactly. think about like being uh, when you you're not happy, it's kind of like then your life will decrease because mm-hmm. you will not be happy and then you will just die sooner. So you have even if right. you only have ten more years, I feel that it's totally worth just yes. do it. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I think so too. I, but yeah, I you know again like it's just getting it's been just a big. I don't know. It's been a big adjustment and I'm still like mm-hmm. figuring things out. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I still need to like really like in some ways move into my apartment. Like it's so like, but I'm going to figure things out. I'm going to try and get a bunch of stuff framed this weekend. Nice. So it, yeah, it takes time. Yeah. It takes time. I feel like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Like this is where like, I feel especially inefficient in life. Just like, it's like, yeah, things take time. But like, I don't know, whatever I say that I feel like for me, it's, even longer than most people mean when they say it takes time. You know how, like, I was saying my boss can be really, you know, exacting and nitpicky. Oh, yeah. And well, mine can, too. Annoying. Like, I'm thinking that perhaps your particular home boss might have those same sort of tendencies. Yeah, absolutely. It, no, that is absolutely true. Yeah, because we tend to be our mm-hmm. all, our worst critic, yes. and and that's the thing, right. you know. Because like you know, and like you I mean, say, yeah, we like, are, we have all positives. Sorry, but mm-hmm. uh, we all have like positive things. But I'm out for three years. Amanda is out for almost two years, mm-hmm. and you're <laughs> just not even one year. Well, you're just reaching right. a year. So yeah. I feel like. Um, it, it, it takes time. It's not like, mm-hmm. okay, you move out of academia, you're moving into a new city, you're moving into a new life, and then boom, everything, yeah, everything will work. Yes. No. Right. It's normal. It's mm-hmm. totally normal to, to take take time. It took time for me. I think that even more, longer than a year. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. It takes like three years to feel like you're settled in a new place. So I think you're good. You've, you're a third of the way there. Great. Well, hooray for that. Um, okay, so let's move on to our final um, segment that's going to be the shortest. Um, talk about a bit what's coming up for Recovering Academic in our next season, season three, where we're going to, I mean, we'll be back in a couple of months. We're going to take a break. And um, in the meantime, we also have another um, exciting thing planned. So we're we have our at recovering ACAD Twitter account um, that we're going to um, turn into um, a Roker account for um, recovering academics to moderate each week and just see what people are doing once they leave academia, like, and see, you know, what their careers and lives are like. 
Um, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think anything like that exists right now, and we're going to do it. So That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that project. So what we need from the audience is, if you would like to be, if you're a recovering academic, and if you're a recovering academic and would like to be a moderator of the new recovering academic um, Roker Twitter account, um, please get in touch with us and um, we'll, you know, we'll put you on the list to be a moderator um, in the next, yeah, and when we launch, you'll be, you know, on the list in, in the next couple months. And I know that it's, it's tough sometimes to, like, moderate the, the account for, like, uh, during your work hours. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I don't know, we haven't we have we still have to decide how we're going mm-hmm. to do when we're going to do but i was thinking maybe we could do a couple of days a week instead of doing like yes. the whole week sure uh, so we're open although for, I, we're open for a bunch of different arrangements so we don't want anybody absolutely. to feel like i can't do this right. for a whole week because just it's going to be too much we want to build in some flexibility in the system so if you absolutely. can only do it for like a couple of days of a week like Three or yeah, that's four, fine. Like two or three or three-ish or so, we can we can work with you. We're always right. happy to do that. By the way, like I've noticed a lot, a lot, a lot of companies turn over their Twitter handles to their employees for the day or the week or whatever and just rotate it around. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's not like an unheard of thing yeah. <laughs> in the world of work in the private sector to like, you know, be tweeting at work. Like some employers expect it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that it's a good thing. It's just that I, I don't want some people to feel like, oh, I would love to do that, but I, I don't I can't I don't want I to, to commit all the time. because yeah. uh, if you want to do like from Monday to Friday uh, and tweet the whole day, it's it's a lot, you know, because <laughs> it's it not just, you have to uh, even if people are on Twitter already and and, and kind of like used to uh, tweeting. You kind of you can live tweet your day, kind of like what you're doing, but also sometimes, and then there are people talking to you. And I imagine, I don't know, right. uh, Ian, you did for real scientists, and probably it was a... it was intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that one, yeah. I mean, I feel like that one. The point is really to show off your science, and um, of course, like we're not asking anyone to share anything like that's proprietary or private information okay. or you know anything like that. Um, but just sort of, you know, like give us a sense of what your work day is like, right. And like what it is you do every day. Um, you know, just, you know, like how, you know, like, oh yeah, well now it's time for my annual meeting. And like, you can take a picture of the door where the meeting room is. (laughs) Don't have to show us anything beyond that. And like, yep. Meeting time. Um, uh, the, the new, the new PI, she Uh did that in her blog. Uh, she invited people to say to 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 write a blog post about your day, and I remember that I did write mm-hmm. a guest blog post, and I don't know, I think that she published several. So I chose a day, and I kind of like wrote everything that I did along that day. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of like more or less what we want uh, people to do with their account and uh, with the Recovering Academic account when they take over. And and also ask uh, people, be open to questions, like because there's a lot of people that might kind of like, oh, I'm interested in what that 
Am I being person is doing and like yeah and then you don't have to tweet during the day you can come home at night or early in the morning like oh answer questions that people are having um yep. if you you know like you have to like post sort of post the questions and frame what you do and discuss it a little bit to like generate that mm -hmm. uh generate the questions but yeah or you know let's say you're going to your industry's conference that week like, well be the moderator for recovering academic that week and yeah. tweet that conference to give people a sense of what that professional world is like and what's going on in it. Like, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential um, for, you know, interesting moderators. So that's what yes. we're going to do. And we'll be working to bring this to fruition in the next um, couple of months. So like I said, if you're interested, you know, we'll put a tweet out. Uh, when this episode publishes and you can respond there you can dm us you can email us at show at recoveringacademic.net and yeah that's pretty much how you get in touch with us yes, yes and we are looking forward creating a list and starting that soonish <laughs> right and one more idea too is like you know like if you're like a job searching or something like you know like hey like moderate your recovering academic job search for a week and oh, you know, tell that's us what activities you're nice. doing. Right? So it's not even like, you know, you have to be necessarily like, you know, if you're like in the transition, like we all are, or like we were. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, there's a lot of potential here for yes. anybody who is a recovering academic or in that sphere to moderate our account for that week, for a week. So, yeah. Okay. Um, anything else? No. no. Okay. I didn't we think are so. Ready for vacation? Yes. Yes. Ready <laughs> um, for vacation. Yeah. I genuinely. Normal, yeah. Genuinely, everybody. So thank you for listening. Um, we really like. You know, I can't believe we've actually done two seasons. No. And um, we're looking forward to doing our third season coming up. So thank you for listening and continuing to support us um, as we do this project completely independently. Um, in our spare time and uh, yeah we will see you on season 3 and see you on social media so yeah goodbye everybody for season 2 goodbye see you on season 3 see you on season 3 this week's Recovering Academic is sponsored by Scientific Dispatches Consulting an editorial service for scientists they specialize in helping you tell your research story clearly and concisely Scientific Dispatches offers consulting, editing, writing, and presentation preparation services. You can find out more and schedule a free consultation at scientificdispatches.com. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Academic Podcast. Our music is from bensound.com under a Creative Commons license. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps other people find out about us. You can tweet the show at recoveringacad. You can also find all of the hosts on Twitter. I'm at Lady Scientist. I'm at Dr. Underscore PMS. And I'm at IH Street. We're also on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash recovering academic podcast. You can find all of our episodes and subscribe to our newsletter on our website at recoveringacademic.net. And don't forget, there is sunshine outside the ivory tower.